Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Just before the news, I went off on a bit of a rant about people who don't know anything because it happened before they were born and how it drives me crazy. And I had used the reference point of uh, 9-11. And if somebody was born after 9-11, they'd just go, I don't know anything about that. I wasn't born. And this guy, uh, he shares a story. Uh, JP, thank you for this, JP. He says, uh, we went to New York recently and brought the kids. They're 15 and 17 years old. Didn't really know anything about 9-11 or the Twin Towers. And couldn't give a bleep about anything to do with it. Telling them about it was like trying to explain sewing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so flippin' sad. Right. Anyhow, I just thought I'd share that. It's like going to the Grand Canyon. Be like, wow, I don't know. Who put this hole? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just anything in history. Oh, well. It is what it is. It's the world we live in now. Access to all the information in the world at our fingertips, and we don't give a crap. <laughs> Went all the way to Hawaii, and Dad just wanted me to see this boat. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And I, I don't know, I, does 9-11 even get taught in school? I mean, would it not be part of a... Do kids even take history? Would it be part of a... That's what I mean. I don't know what a history class now, like how far back you go. Mm. I've often said... Wednesday. <laughs> 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 Wasn't paying attention. Um, I've often said, that, like, you know, we had that um, the Billy Joel song that we didn't start the fire, mm-hmm. and then it was redone by Fall Out Boy. I, I I remember when the first original came out that there was a, a teacher that used that mm. as the lesson plan for their entire year, basically. Yeah, Every week you go through, you pick, you know, the next lyric of the song you know, and, and or every class, and you go through what that was about. Yeah. I thought, boy, it's it's brilliant. Now that Fall Out Boy's redone it, if I was a teacher, I'd be doing that again. I know that there's a big push, I believe, um, in the uh, Toronto School Board, not sure about all of them, to really put back into the curriculum uh, the story of World War II right. and Nazis and Hitler and Germany. Because what you're seeing now with all the other commotion around this planet is all of that stuff is not known nor forgotten. So, you know, there's just so much misinformation about everything going on. Well, I was going to say, part of, the, part of the problem with anything historical, too, is that, you know, for kids who just look it up on the Internet, you, you really don't know what to trust right? in terms of what's the actual information that's there. So many people just put stuff out there, some of it just as a joke, Yeah, see if you can get it, you know, Likes or follows or clicks. Yeah, yeah. We are uh, heading into uh, the Christmas season. It's the crazy time right about now. We're just getting going. And so a lot of times what we like to do is chill and rewatch holiday uh, films, uh, Christmas movies. Rewatch them every year. I think a lot of actors, sometimes you'll see big name actors in a Christmas movie. And you're thinking, what are you doing that for? But it's probably the uh, the hope that that movie will become a classic and uh, you'll be viewed every year around this time. Right. You know, the likes of Bill Murray and Scrooge and such. So, anyhow, people were asked about their favorite Christmas movies that they like to rewatch every year. And Home Alone is number one. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's, you know, it's a great family movie for sure. Uh, I think I just get so caught up in all the, uh, the beating up of the bad guys that I forget there is some, some Christmas feel to it. Yeah. You know, because well, it's yeah. so based on it all the... starts off uh, of what he wishes for for Christmas right. and his family to go away and then ends with a, with a, certainly a Christmas theme to it. You remember he's out buying presents and wrapping stuff right. too. The old man who lived down the street that yeah. he's always afraid of. True. Next door. 
Uh, a Christmas Story is number two. A Charlie Brown Christmas is number three. Really? Yeah. Really hanging on to Charlie Brown? It's kind of boring and slow, I've always found. Yeah, I don't know if kids these days would get to it. No. And the whole Charlie Brown thing, very dysfunctional. Yeah. A lot of problems there. <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer at number four. Alf only slides in at five. Really? That should be top three. I thought Alf would be top three for sure. Christmas Vacation is six. It's a Wonderful Life is seven. So I think we just say that because we feel like we should. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. How can you say bad things about that? I mean, it's uh, listen, we went through a phase, had it on DVD every Christmas at some point. Had to get it in early, though. Had to get it in before there was way too many drinks in your belly because you weren't lasting the three hours through that thing. Mind you, a lot of what happens around Christmas and the holidays is just about what have been traditions, mm-hmm. and whether traditions in your family or in your house or, you know, you know, watched it with your dad or mom or something like that, and so you watch it again. Yep. The Santa Claus, Miracle on 34th Street. I don't know that I ever saw a Miracle on 34th Street. No. Oh. Uh, and Die Hard, of course. Right. Where's Bad Santa on that list? <laughs> that's a Christmas classic. I showed that to the kids every year. Right. Well, I like Four Christmases. Vince Vaughn, yeah. Uh, Fred Claus, his other one, too. Brilliant. Was yeah. really, really good. I, I like the Christmas Chronicles, the the first one, at least, the Netflix one they yeah. put out with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Oh, yeah. There's Listen, even when they're bad, they're fine. You know, this time of year, there's nothing wrong with You always get the, the ones about two battling neighbors. Right. Over their lights or what? I think there was one with uh, Matthew um, Broderick and like Danny DeVito or something. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There's, you always get those ones, and I like them all. I'm fine with them. It's probably why so many women just love the you know, Hallmark Christmas movies. Mm. It's just you're full of that kind of warmth of the season, and it, you know. And speaking of the Hallmark movies this year, for the first time, supposedly. Never in the history of the uh, the Lifetime or uh, Women's Network uh, Christmas movies, uh, there'll be a sex scene. Whoa. Yes, you know, normally it's the driven career woman going home, meeting the nice guy in the sweater. This time she's getting driven. Yep. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> a cowboy Christmas romance is the name of this one. You had me at cowboy. If you're a fan of uh, Family Feud with uh, Steve Harvey, my gosh, he has been hosting that show forever now. But they they have gone through a, a series of different hosts over the years, and it really got going way back in the 70s with uh, Richard Dawson. He hosted the show from 76 to 85. And when people say the 70s and 80s were a different time, this is kind of the thing they were talking about. If you didn't know this, Family Feud contestants used to be tested for herpes before going on the show in the 70s and 80s because Richard kissed all the female contestants on the lips directly. So they tested them? Really? Yeah. Both male and female contestants were ordered to undergo a mouth test for herpes. Holy cow. <laughs> and some contestants actually complained about the kissing. They get, would get on the show and they would say to the producers, you know, can can you tell Richard not to kiss me directly on the lips? Right. I would have said, I'm full of the herp. Yeah. You know, if I was a woman, I'd be like, he doesn't want... He <laughs> would really get... cold sore around your mouth. And I often wondered, like... Did he ever, he must have caught like whiffs of bad breath and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. 
He'd kiss them all. It was such a strange. Could you imagine Steve Harvey now going up and kissing every woman directly on the lips? Uh, not a chance. And even Bob Barker, who would accept kisses mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, women coming up and asking to kiss him. Right. But he wouldn't be kissing back. No. And normally, wasn't it just a kiss on the cheek? Yeah. Oh, yad, yeah. 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 There's, a, there's a really, even with family, there's a fine line when it comes to kissing relatives. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm big on the, I've learned it from Maria. It's kind of, it's not even a direct lip to cheek. It's just kind of a touching of the, the yeah, cheeks. Yeah, you touch cheeks and kind of do the, 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 the noise. Yeah, yeah you make the noise. The noise. There, and, and, and the, the hug is fine. I'm, I'm much bigger on the hug. I like the hug. The hug is good. I mean, you can't linger too long, especially with lady relatives. Right. And younger ones, cause uh-huh. you just seem creepy. But you, you, there's, there's boundaries. I mean, my dad was so bad. He would, he would like open lip kiss people on the cheek, oh. but he'd be like all slobbery about it. And it was so gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be literally like to Maria's family when he'd come around at Christmas, I'd be like, Oh God, here we go. <laughs> and then I'd be apologizing and handing out towels. It was just too much. Do you find yourself with your dog using baby talk? Oh, yeah. Most admit using baby talk on pets. They actually use it more on their pet than they do on their own kids and certainly more than on, than on their romantic partner. It's like uh, almost all of us on the pets, like a quarter of us on the romantic partner. Right. Um, and uh, the most common baby talk words we use with pets, the number one is whittle, like, oh, you're so whittle and cute. Oh, okay. The rest oh, are potty, yeah. poo-poo, yeah. night-night, oopsie. Yeah, or a piddle if they're going to go yes. pee, that kind of thing, yeah. Like, oopsie, you made a whittle potty mistake <laughs> on the wug. <laughs> you ever find yourself talking like that? No, I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, Dogs I'm talking to him like an adult. <laughs> I'm calling the vet. You little piece of... Yeah. <laughs> um, and many of us are annoyed when others talk baby talk. The top words that we can't stand are the poo-poo, the whittle, the num-num, the bum-bum, and the boo-boo. Right. Yeah. I I, I think uh, I think I've done it with Sully when he's around. Um, I must have. Oh, you're so cute. Come here. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> How do you not? And then Maria, like, get away from me. <laughs> I noticed something very odd yesterday. I was at uh, the mall around mid-afternoon, and it was cold yesterday, and it's going to be cold again today. There was a lot of young people, and specifically young girls, I guess teenage girls, high school girls, who, by the way, what the hell are you doing in a mall on a Tuesday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Don't you have school? Right, good question. Anyhow, they're all dressed like it's August. They're all wearing, like, halter tops, and it's not like they've got a winter coat slung over their arm. Mm. So I assume they're showing up at the mall dressed that way or making their way outside through however means they got to the mall. Right. I don't know if this is a new fashion trend for the kids today, but it's all very, like, halter tops and skinny things. And I said, Jesus, it's Freezing outside. I got like four coats on. <laughs> it makes you feel old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I can't take the cold anymore. And maybe when I, I mean, I do remember as a uh, teenager, you know, walking to school and whatever in just even the dead of winter, shower, wet hair and like a like a little leather jacket or whatever. Right, yeah. So, Maybe it is just a teenage thing and it can take the cold more. Well, or we just, at that age, you go through the pain of it for the look. Yeah, yeah. I remember getting like a leather jacket for my birthday 
when I was probably about 15 or so. And it's my birthday's in July. And I remember wearing this thing like through all of August. <laughs> Just like I walked around like I was in a sauna. But I had to, had to have that look. At that point, you didn't need to lose the weight. No, no, I didn't. It just helped add more to the pimples. Right. Anyhow, that was just an odd little observation I had yesterday. The kid, the kids today. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we've seen that, and and you get into that uh, that trend too, where brands matter. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be caught in other things. Just trying to avoid being, you know, ridiculed for something. And we all went through it when, when her mom bought us some clothes that we <laughs> that, yeah. that weren't quite in fashion, and we were stuck with them. I was always about six months to a year behind everything. Right. You know, I remember, like, just certain, like, Kodiak, Kodiak boots, which is like a construction boot. When I was in high school in the 80s, it was a big thing. You, mm-hmm. you bought the Kodiak boot. I'd always get the boot that was spelled Dodiac. (laughs) 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 Or I would get the, finally I'd get the Kodiak. I'd beg my parents for, but by the time I was wearing them, everybody had moved on to moon boots or something. Right. Yeah. Always a little step behind. And then even when I was younger and Byway was the big go-to discount store. Remember that too. Byways were weird, too, because they had a certain hum to them. There was a smell to them. Mm-hmm. What's the comparable today to a byway? <clears throat> uh, I don't know. It's not even a dollar store. A variety village, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, Value Village. A yeah. Value Village. I mean, but byway wasn't uh, used stuff. I mean, no. there's byway and Bargain Heralds, I remember. That's right. Too. There was that one as well. And my, uh, I remember my mom, uh, as a kid, I n- never wore jeans. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, until... That was ma- your choice maybe, or your parents' choice? Well, I think, uh, you know, my choice, but guided by my parents' lack of choice. choice <laughs> or fashion or sense. Or fashion sense that, you know, they bought like one pair of Jordash from Byway. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And it wasn't until I got to high school where I was like, oh, my goodness, all right, everyone's wearing jeans. I better get myself some jeans. So what were you wearing, like khakis a lot of the time? or I guess. Yeah. Or, or, or like cords. joggers or something. Cords at yeah. one point were, were big and Comfortable, yeah. But I, I think you know what happened was they bought me some crappy pair of jeans and I wore them once mm. and they never worked in. Right, so the first time you wear jeans, you're walking around like you've just had knee surgeries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And so after that, I just oh, I'm not getting a pair of these. They're not comfortable at all. It's interesting that we <clears throat> were embarrassed by the idea of bargain heralds or byway, and yet my boys, both of them, and I don't know if this is true of all kids, but even as teenagers. They had very little interest in having the newest fashion. Right. But looked, looked down upon it. It became a new trend. Yeah. That was a, that, that became kind of a theme. Although the grunge look was one that looked like you were not into new things. No, that's true. <laughs> when I was in school in the nineties. I do find myself when I'm, uh, especially now this time of year, um, being in the mall and starting to roam around and I'll go into some of the nicer stores to look at clothing and such and such. And I'm just always like, Hey, that's a nice coat for $400. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> no, thank you. Where's the byway when I need it? What happened to that byway, too? They were going to re, uh, reopen one around Yorkdale. Right. Yeah, but that was pre-COVID, maybe, and I guess it all fell apart because of COVID, perhaps. 
But yeah, I remember going in with my mom and she would, when I was too young to go to the mall on my own uh, to buy clothing, she'd take me to Byway. And even then I remember being so embarrassed of just walking through the mall with that bag. Right. Because as much as, and I like to see, I, I must admit, even being at the mall and seeing a lot of young people roaming the mall, I do like that because that's something that hasn't gone out of fashion. No. When I was a teenager, it was the social place to be. Right. You went to the mall, you went to the food court, you hung out there with all your friends. They had arcades at that point, yeah. too. Yeah. You'd buy your weed there. <laughs> it was the thing. You'd find out, because there was no internet, of course, back then, you'd find out where the house party was that gotcha. weekend. Gotcha, yeah. But, yeah, walking through the mall with my mom in that byway bag, I was just so embarrassed that I was going to bump into a friend. Mm. And uh, then when I was old enough, she'd give me the money to go buy the jeans. And uh, I would, uh, then at that point, I would go, I'd buy the cheaper jeans at, like, the byway or whatever, and I'd take the rest of the money she gave me and use it in the arcade. (laughs) Or buy weed. No woman has ever officially run a mile in less than four minutes. Okay. Woman's world record is four minutes and seven seconds. For men, it's three minutes and 43 seconds. And I don't believe this to be true because many, many women that I have approached have ran a mile in (laughs) four minutes. They're gone. (laughs) Can't catch them. The guy who wrote Elizabeth Taylor's obituary for the New York Times died before she did. Wow. He wrote it while she was still alive, the way you do with many celebrities, I guess. Have it ready to go. Yeah. It's inevitable. Well, he died in 05. She died in 2011. Right. How many guys have written Keith Richards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all a gone. few of them have died before he They're is. all gone. The word vodka comes from the Russian word voda. Voda, maybe? It means water. Of course. Because, of course, in Russia... <laughs> but it is water. Um, it's a good drink, though. Good and good for you. That's what doctors say. Oh, really? This is what I've heard. Great breakfast beverage. <laughs> With orange juice. Oh, <laughs> screwdriver in the morning. Although we did Sunday mornings when we had family over Saturday night, we did get up and have a, a mimosa. Okay. We had the uh, Prosecco and orange juice. Yeah. That goes down smooth. You like that? Oh, yeah. You like a, you like a mimosa? I don't mind one. Yeah. I mean, I don't come across them often. Yeah, we should... Uh, it's not part of my Sunday morning breakfast routine. <laughs> we, you don't know what you're missing. We should uh, we should put some in the fridge here at the station. Mm. Who am I kidding? I'd put a bottle of Prosecco in there. These hogs around here would be gone in seconds. Oh, goodness, you put sparkling grape juice in there and be gone. <laughs> Somebody brought a box of the... Um, what's that bubbly uh, carbonated water drink? I oh, know. right, yeah, bubbly. Is it called bubbly? <laughs> yeah, I think oh, so. It is. I think it is bubbly. So I, I I never would like I would never take somebody's sandwich or food or like if there was one Coke in there I wouldn't touch it. Right. But it was a full box opened with like two gone and I thought, well, somebody's bought this either for themselves. Yes. Or they bought it for the station. Like a box of it would assume for the station, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when a box of cookies are out there on the counter. No, I would assume they probably bought that for themselves. You think they so? just don't want to have to keep going and bringing one every day, so they just have a case in here. Hmm. Well, maybe I owe somebody a couple of boys. <laughs> Probably. More than a few. <laughs> Sorry. Let's go back into the chronological history of your 10 years and how many things have been bought for everyone here at the station. <laughs> do you remember a lot of gifts just being passed around here? No, most of the salespeople get it before we do. Exactly, yeah. Uh, 
No, I guess not. But things like, okay, there's a ton of creamer in the fridge. Right. Well, that, that must be bought by the station yes, for people in their that's coffee. That's to go with the coffee maker. So I'm suggesting that maybe somebody brought the bubbly in for people to have a carbonated beverage during the day. I don't think so. No? I think you're kidding yourself that you owe someone a couple of drinks. Well, maybe I'll throw a case in there. Well, there you go. I'll make it. I won't. And then you just curse people who take them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I should ask around, see what the deal is with that. Uh, Brian Cranston didn't actually cook meth on Breaking Bad. Shocking. Mm-hmm. But they did have chemists from the DEA explain the process at a very high level so that his performance could be more convincing. Really? Yeah, I'd go back and rewatch Breaking Bad. That was so great. Uh, Muhammad Ali's birth name was, of course, Cassius Clay. We know that. But before he changed it to Muhammad Ali, he changed it to Cassius X for two weeks. Okay. In 1964. When George W. Bush was running for president in 1999, he was asked to name his favorite childhood book. And he picked a book called The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Turns out it was published in 1969. When he was 23, the year after he graduated from Yale. <laughs> it's amazing how we can look back on that and miss him for being so smart. Yeah. yeah compared to who's been in that house recently, he's a, he's a genius. Uh, the Hokey Pokey, you know the song. Uh, uh, the name Hokey Pokey is the name of the tune in uh, the States, Canada, and Australia, but right. it's called the... Hokey Cokey in England and New Zealand. Wow. Also the name of my dealer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, Hokey Cokey, get over here. Uh, this I thought was interesting. The actor responsible for the voice in Field of Dreams who says, if you build it, he will come. Right. Has never been confirmed. It's Ray Liotta. Well, some say it was Kevin Costner. Some say it was Ray Liotta. But, and others think it was Ed Harris, the director, though, Phil Robinson, said a couple of years ago that he's never heard someone guess it correctly, and he thinks it's fun for it to remain a mystery. Ed Harris, was, and he wasn't even in the movie, was he? No, but I guess somebody could have voiced it. I mean, it's the character of Shoeless Joe, who we find out, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, uh, that it was him calling. So that And that was Ray Liotta's character, so we just assume that it's him. I guess it's kind of like the uh, the mystery of it's fun. Kind of like the who's so vain in the Carly Simon, you're so vain. Right, She's yeah. She's never admitted, although it was always rumored David to be Geffen Mick. Uh, and I heard it was Mick Jagger. Oh, okay. So, But she will not admit. Although somebody at a charity paid a boatload of money for her to whisper it in their ear. That's right. Yeah, that's a good one. And the piano that Freddie Mercury played when Queen was recording Bohemian Rhapsody is the same piano played when the Beatles recorded Hey Jude, Paul McCartney played the piano, the same one. Wow. Yeah. The piano's a great instrument. I mean, it's one that I was never able to uh, to conquer. I tried a little bit. I think we all tried. So you go to somebody's house and they got a piano. Mm-hmm. You know, you try to bang out something. You think you're Ray Charles right away. <laughs> Stevie Wonder over Instead, here. You just look blind. <laughs> <laughs> but when you see somebody, when you when you watch somebody who can really play. So impressive. Oh, the, the speed of their fingers. And, and it's one of those instruments, too. It seems like every parent... Wants her kid to learn when they're young. It's a good starter instrument because Is everything's it? there in front of you. You can see the co- the keys, the scales. It, 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 it's not simple by any means, no. but in terms of learning, 
it, it's a good starter instrument. I mean, I always wanted to play the drums when I was a kid, but my parents were like, there's not a chance in hell we're having that racket in the house. <laughs> uh, so when my boys were, I, I ended up getting a drum kit and uh, quickly realized my parents were right. Right, yes. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, my, I might think Daniel, uh, we put him in piano lessons. It seems a lot of kids end up in piano lessons. I was. I yeah. uh, I wanted to play keyboards. And so um, we just have to start with piano, of course. And my dad put me in lessons with one of his patients, who was a a jazz pianist. Missing fingers. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he reattached them. It was all good. Um, but he was a jazz pianist. So he didn't teach, like, classical music or conservatory teachings. Instead, he'd teach you, like, jazz standards. Like, uh, like you know, all of me and uh, wow. at last and you go through it and then, uh, they take you back through them and kind of teach you how to expand on it and kind of do some jazz riffs on it. It was, I mean, in the end, you're still learning the keys and the chords, but yeah. I never, I mean, I you're going down in some creepy basement with an old <laughs> man that the dad knows. <laughs> like, I was like seven or eight years yeah. old, but I remember he would have pictures of, uh, like him Playing with Nat King Cole in Montreal. Cool. Like, like, just, yeah. you look back on it now and you think, holy crap, this is huge, right? So, would that be a regret that you didn't follow through learning nah, to play the piano? Not really. I mean, I never learned to the point where you could just pick up a book and learn and, and play a song yeah. out of it, but I can still play a few chords here and there. So, we so impressed with anybody that can play a musical instrument. I, I just never could. I know my buddy, you know, he took out guitar and got really good at it fast. And you know, there's always that one dude at like a house party or, you know, when you're camping and he whips out the acoustic guitar right. and he's the center of attention. Well, I mean, you learn that for the girls. I, I yeah. learned acoustic. Just I learned on the guitar basically because I was a drummer mm. and guys would leave their guitars over the house. So I'd pick them up and, and learn a few things on them. And you always think, oh, you're going to get chicks. Yeah. You know? I was like so many other guys who the only thing I could ever do was like, the opening of uh, Rocky Mountain Way. Like, right. A lot of guys know, like, the beginning of a hundred songs. I, I can play the first 30 seconds of a lot of songs. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to a campfire and you yeah. get two guys with guitars and oh. they never know the same song. No. Here's the beginning of Smoke on the Water again. Yeah. I, I really desperately wanted to play, but my parents complained about having to pay for the recorder <laughs> in school. So Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.